Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Back at it with a brand new edition of Zone Time. Sam is back. Rahef is back. And Omar is back as well from in the mentions we'll we'll see how long it takes for him to include the leafs about something in this episode because inevitably it always comes back to the leafs and of course uh he happens to be wearing a leafs t-shirt yeah. like what like, it like, says it says just one before i die just one before you die are you serious <laughs> i i'm not i'm not kidding at all it literally says just one before i die literally oh my god get out <sighs> You know what? Let I. You know what? I'm not going to make this about the Leafs. Let's not make this about the Leafs. Let's make this about another team that is more deserving of of our attention right now. A team that has yes. been spiraling. I believe they only have like two wins in their last 14 games. And the latest thing we have to talk about is the fact that one of their star players got into it with uh, a media legend in Edmonton, apparently. I mean, let me <laughs> let me not say apparently because Jim Matheson is someone who has deserved the respect. Of hockey media, and I'm not trying to be pissy like he was trying to be uh, with the Andre Saddle, but that's what happened <laughs> apparently today. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful, but essentially, uh, he uh, asked the question, Jim Matheson, that uh, Leon Drysdale did not like, and uh, <laughs> Jim Matheson asked him why he was being so pissy, and everyone else laughed at it. Omar, uh, what did you think of uh, the back and forth between Hall of Famer Jim Matheson and Leon Drysdale? Listen, man, I, I, I think. Here's the thing that I and I don't know if it's the thing that, that beat reporters just don't understand or maybe just like choose to kind of ignore. Players read your stuff, like everything. They they read the tweets, they read the reports, they read everything. So I'm just gonna read something. And Julian, this is something that you brought actually brought brought to us um you know off recording. This is something sure. that James Jim Mathis tweeted yesterday. Okay, so on January 17th. During this awful 14-game earlier run with six points, they haven't got mad enough. It's like they magically think it'll turn around because they've got McDavid and Dreisaitl. Sorry, time to get very mad as an entire team at your lot in life after the 9-1-16-5 starts. Like, so, so you're going to write that and then come up to Dreisaitl, ask him a question, which is clearly for an article, you know, the whole, like, what can the Oilers do to turn things around? And then he doesn't give you the answer that you want. So then you call him pissy. Like, and he's like, oh, oh, well, you didn't ask my question. He doesn't have to answer your question. No one does. No one. They just do it because if they don't, then they're a quote unquote distraction. But they don't. And the thing that I'm, that I'm noticing 
And obviously, like, you know, the, there, there are the John Tortorellas of the world who have been, who have never hesitated at going back and forth with beat, re- beat reporters and stuff. But then we're starting to see more players kind of, I guess, maybe stand up for themselves when it comes to beat, beat reporters. Like, I, sure. I want to say it was last season, Jacob Voracek, like, he he got into, he got into it with, with the with mm-hmm. the Phillies uh, beat, beat writer saying, you know, like, it doesn't matter what I say, whatever you write, you're just going to spin it anyway. He called him a weasel. Um, I almost forgot recent, about that. Yeah. yeah. Recently, that was the Connor, first thing I thought of. Recently, yeah. Connor Hellebuck refused to answer a question from a from a Winnipeg Jets beat reporter. Austin Matthews with Steve Simmons said, like, hey, like he answered his question, but said, like, hey, you know, I didn't appreciate you leaking some information about me. That wasn't cool. So it's just like I, I think I think beat reporters, and again, I, I don't I don't know, I don't want to make the assumption that they ignore it, but like, hey, like any player who says I don't listen or pay attention to what the media says, it's a lie. So oh, it's, it's like, an absolute yeah, lie. Yeah, so like you can't bury someone in an article, and then especially when the team is at the lowest point possible. And another thing, you're asking the wrong person. You're asking the wrong. Why are you asking Leon Draisaitl, who's leading the league in goals? Grant, he's tied with Alexander Veshkin. Why are you asking Leon Draisaitl what to do for the team to improve? Why are we asking Connor McDavid what to do for the team to improve? Ask Kenny freaking Holland. Who knew what the issues were over the season and didn't do anything? And now this season is saying, "Oh, I'm not going to move my first round pick." Like, <laughs> uh, just before, just hold that thought. I'm not sure if you have anything else you want to add. No, but that, before I either let yeah. you, okay. Before I let, uh, I'll let Rahef get next. But I just want to clarify something because you did, in fact, read a tweet from Jim Matheson's Twitter account. I would just like to make the point that that was a real tweet from his account. And not whatever tweet he put up after the fact, supposedly, of, of people trying to step up for him that Mark Spector and Steve Simmons retweeted and thought was genuinely the truth. The tweet that you heard from Omar just now was from Jim Matheson's real account. And anything mm-hmm. else you've seen that Mark Spector and Steve Simmons have been retweeting since uh, the press conference is not, in fact, real. I just want to put that out there. Rehef, the floor is yours. I think similar to what Omar was saying Something I think beat reporters also do not understand is that when you ask a dumb question, the person you ask that question to is entitled to give you back a dumber answer. And so I don't really understand what Jim Matheson expected Leon Dreisaitl to say. Like, what, what did he think the answer was going to be? You know, a lot of times we rag on like hockey players for using cliches and every single yes. answer they give every single soundbite is a cliche. I don't think we talk enough about how every question that reporters ask is a cliche as well. Every single beat reporter asks the same variation of the same three questions. There's never anything new. And so if I'm Leon title and this is the, you know, I don't even know what, what, what you were saying, Julian, and they've lost like two of their last 14 games. Not, Something sorry, like that. Switch. They've won two of their last 14 games. And obviously, obviously, absolutely nothing is going well. He's not going to be able to answer that question <laughs> in the way that Jim Matheson expects him to answer it. And so I, I just totally just do not understand what Jim Matheson expects Leon Dreisaitl to respond to that question with. I just simply don't. Sam. I just, I'm with Omar. I like how often this has been happening. And like Rahaf said, <laughs> you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? Literally. Like, uh, the things I immediately uh, thought of were the Voracek Mike Sielski thing, where he calls him a weasel and says, you're going to write 
you're going to write fucking shit anyway. Sorry for for the swears. That's what he said. And the other thing I thought of was, <laughs> the other thing I thought of was Adrian Dater's bizarre question oh, to Nathan oh, McKinnon. Oh, yeah. And McKinnon just being like, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he, he was just so bewildered. He short-circuited. Oh. He just didn't know, like, he, he didn't know like do, do i do do i go cliche do i have a real answer like i don't like he just he, he lagged like it was it was yeah. hilarious to see and so oh, the, this is exact those are the situations i thought of when i saw this and you know what i think i think more players should do this i think the entertainment value in this is great for fans and maybe it will incentivize writers to not ask stupid questions to to sam's point uh during the stanley cup playoffs last year I think after the Canadians won like one nothing over the Jets in game two or game three, I asked Carey Price what it was like to go through a game like that where you just stop all these pucks and just preserve a win. And all he said was, it's fun. And I had a whole bunch of people message me about how dumb of a question that was. And maybe it generally was a dumb question, but everyone loved the fact that Carey Price was just like, it's fun. And as me as a beat reporter, like I am not taking any slight to any of the comments that have been said. Yeah, you're right. Mm. We have to ask better questions. We have to come up with better ways than just be like, hey, talk about that play or, you know, how are you going to win these games? Like, yes, we have to find ways to ask better questions and make use of the time that we have. The thing that kind of makes me a bit cringy at the whole Jim Matheson thing, this is a guy who's been in the game for so long and has maybe he feels he has the the audacity and the gall to ask those questions to a player like Leon Dreisaitl I know damn well if I do that I'm not getting no way I'm, I'm getting shit from from PR if I do that and from other senior colleagues I know I do not have the grandstanding to be able to do that and I know my questions have to come correct for these guys because I do not want to be put on a poster by an NHL player, especially like what Leon Dreisaitl essentially kind of did to Jim Matheson. Yeah, and even like, I don't know if, you, if you'll remember, remember when Dan Boyle retired and he like yes. went off? Was it, I think it was Larry Brooks. Oh, Larry, Brooks. Larry Brooks. He's like, yeah. no, like, like, like Larry everyone Brooks. is fine. Like you, you, you leave. Like all you do is bury people. <laughs> like at least I have the respect of my teammates. Like players remember, players read, read your work and they, they know remember. who you are. They remember. This man waited until his retirement and then popped off on him and told him to get out. And, and then I love the, the media person. I guess the, the media organizer was just like, okay, okay, let, let's stop. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, we can do this. Just like, he needs to leave. He like, has to go. That, like, that. So it's just like, like there, there are, for a lot of people like to say that like hockey is such like a, a small circle and like people talk, but it's like, I think we forget that, that hockey is a small circle and people talk like, People remember. They remember when you when you come down on them, because watch if if the Oilers turn things around and then like rip off like like ten wins in a row, oh my! They're gonna Leon Drysdale is gonna be walking in and like staring at staring at Jim Matheson with like, the biggest smile on his face. It's like like they remember these things. So it's like hey, just like you get it. Everyone everyone you know you need to do your job. You need to write your articles. Like yeah, you get it. Like we we all do things in the media. Like we get it. But it's just like. When these things happen, like you can't like come off that like, you were personally attacked, like like oh you didn't answer my question why? He doesn't Not have the to thing answer about the it. question. He doesn't have to. Like God, 
yeah that's the thing about it it's like okay Leon Dreisaitl didn't answer your question it's it's the fact that Jim Matheson made that comment afterwards like why are you yeah. so pissy no my yeah. friend why are you so pissy that yeah. you didn't answer your question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like chill like okay he didn't answer your question like you can you can ask someone else or hey maybe you can get, get a quote from someone else right or maybe just do a different follow-up right you know because like like if I'm if I'm Leon Dreisaitl after that, why would I answer any of your questions now? Right? Like we've seen it. A player can just he'll just sit there and just or just say you give can, yes or no. Yeah. Carrie Price, man, one was was it like two or three years ago? Like Carrie Price went like on a run of just giving like one word answers. Brad Marchand did it, I think, in the 2018 playoffs. I, I brought up the example like, yeah. with, with Carrie Price. Yes, he gave yeah. me two words at least. Yeah. So it's just like like you don't like like you're complete you're getting mad about it now but like you don't want this to be a, an ongoing thing and calling him pissy and now the fact that everyone is talking about it like what you think he's gonna wake up the next morning and be like okay cool i'll give you it i'll give you an answer like no like geez like they're they're people oh. too i i just also want to offer this perspective too i understand jim matheson has a job and look the, things are really bad in edmonton like, I'm sorry, if you're trying, I mean, I can understand, hey, you could try to point out whatever positives you like, but there's a lot of bad going on in Edmonton. I don't think Leon Dreisaitl's answer to his question was that bad. Even if he was being smug, everything is bad. Everything needs to be fixed. Leon Dreisaitl, I could also understand, will not use his podium the, or the podium to say everything is bad. This guy sucks. This guy sucks. Exactly. This guy needs to go. This guy needs to go. He sucks. He sucks. Ken Holland needs to get Evander Kane. I completely understand why he wouldn't want to say exactly what I just said, or else we would be talking about something completely different. So even if Leon Dreisaitl was being smug and he was just like, yeah, everything is bad. And maybe it isn't the greatest, greatest answer to give. He's also not wrong. And like him, Mark Spector, the entire Edmonton Oilers, you know, media, Avery, we're including him in this as well, of course. Like they all know. Like if you if you were to go off with that answer, like I don't think too many people would be that upset, personally. No. So I I really think Jim Matheson was power tripping a little bit. I don't think his answer was that bad. It, it it wasn't as if he was just like mumbling and he didn't answer him or anything. Everything needs to be fixed. Like everything needs to get better. Essentially, like and that's the case. That's the truth. He's not lying. Like what else do you want him to say? I don't know, man, but yeah, you know what? I, there's, there's, yeah. Oh, sorry, Omar, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you made the joke earlier about, like, making it about the, about making it about the lease, but, like, the, the Edmonton Oilers are in peak 2013-2014 Leafs territory where the, where it was all because management had no idea what to do and they kept asking the stars what was wrong and the players are getting fed up and they didn't know what to say because it's not up to them. So it's just like you're asking the wrong people. Like you're asking the wrong people. Like okay. you can use the cliche. Oh, oh. Like they're just there to play games. Like they can't. I have, can't I have stop a second talking. question. I have another question I want to ask about this now. So instead of just making this about Jim Matheson, uh, a lot of people are also making this specifically with Leon Dreisaitl. And I hate to bring up Mark Spector again, but just because I know some people don't like him as much, I don't have an opinion. But uh, Mark Spector, uh, a quote tweet I'm looking at here. Uh, he, he, this, I'm just going to read the quote tweet. Here's a look at Leon Dreisaitl delivering whatever the Oilers message is in the media. Legit question, immature, dismissive answer. This is not leadership. It is, it is not a legit question because like, Go you, ahead. like you said, Julian, what, what 
what do you guys expect him to answer? Is he supposed to sit there and list off like every single issue wrong with the team? Like he's obviously not going to do that. And I don't understand what answer Mark Spector and Jim Matheson are expecting from Leon Dreisaitl. What What is he even supposed to say? There is no acceptable answer. He either roasts the team and the management and the coaching staff and he gets crucified or he does what he did. And for some reason, he's still getting crucified. Like, I, I don't think there is a correct answer. The answer they're looking for is doesn't exist. Okay. Sam. I would, I think what I would love to see is for, for, you know, the Spectres, the Steve Simmons, the Jim Mathesons of the world to have an NHL player just come out and pull like a Marshawn Lynch. Like, I just, I would love to see someone do that. <laughs> like, oh, you man. think that's I'm just here so he'll get fine. I'm just here so yeah. we'll be fine. Like, you, you think that he, you think that Leon Dreisaitl was pissy? Like, come on, that was a super low bar if you think that's pissy. And I think, I think it's pretty telling that the types of beat reporters who get upset about these kinds of things and make a big deal ab- about it tend to be the guys who can are either considered legends of hockey media or maybe consider themselves legends of hockey media, uh, but maybe get regularly shredded by actual hockey fans on Twitter. Yeah. Like it's just like a comp- saying, saying that resonates with leadership is just, it, it's a completely different conversation. Like, like what, like, okay. So, so Patrice Bergeron won the Mark Messier leadership award last year. Right. So, so say he walks up, and says like, oh, you know what? Uh, I just want to thank, you know, my teammates. I want to thank the organization. Um, and, you know, I think the, the, the most important part about being a leader is making sure that when a media member asks me a question, that I have a full sentence, maybe even two. You know, I'm as honest as possible. I tell them about, you know, throwing pucks in deep, you know, working on the forecheck, you know, um, you know, winning 50-50 battles, playing right. East West get to hockey. be in those scrums and right. i would look at all patrice and be like man what bullshit you are <laughs> you know what i mean so it's just like like no. avoiding this with leadership like that like, come on like like come on like we, we the, the the orders are bad enough like let's let's not like let's not make make all these connections and say that that's the reason leadership is bad like geez geez man they're frustrated they're having a tough year they're they have the two best players two of the best players on the freaking planet and they might miss the playoffs <laughs> Like, give him a break. I have to, man, I, what, when I saw that they were having that losing streak and we were talking about Miko Koskinen, I was like, okay, well, this is as low as it'll get. And then Evander Kane happened. I was like, wow, it got lower. And then we have this. The Edmonton Oilers, uh, just when we thought, like, man, maybe the Canadians would be the dumpster fire to look at. Wow, that someone threw a jersey on the ice there. And with the Leafs as well, we thought, oh, no, are we going to focus on them as the dumpster fire? No, is it the Vancouver Canucks who are going to be the dumpster fire? No, it's the Edmonton Oilers. Because at least those three teams, they figured it out. The Leafs started winning and the Canucks and the Canadians, which we'll get to, they said, okay, we need to change things. The Edmonton Oilers at the end of the day are the, are the one team of the four I've mentioned who are, they need help. They need some help. Yeah. They, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> Knowing how things are going there, we will probably bring them up in a future episode of this show. Uh, I want to move from one Canadian team to another Canadian team. Uh, before we were talking about uh, Jim Matheson getting pissy with Leon Dreisaitl, the Montreal Canadiens announced their new general manager, Kent Hughes. Raise your hand if you knew who he was before today. 
Oh, okay. No one did. All right. Uh, yeah, Kent Hughes, no. a longtime player agent. Uh, you mentioned Patrice Bergeron earlier. Uh, Kent Hughes, once upon a time, uh, was his agent. And I think up until today was. Uh, Anthony Bavillier, Darnell Nurse, uh, Chris Latton, who I think is a UFA at the end of this year. There are a few other guys also uh, who were part of his client list, which he's now obviously dispatched of so he can be the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. And it's, I just find it so funny that so many people are like, I have no clue who that is, but he is bilingual. If you're wondering, yes, he has an English name, but I am living proof. And, and so many other Montrealers as well, that you can have an English name and come from Quebec and speak both languages. It can happen. And it's been very fun seeing people kind of be confused with that. Um, Sam, any reaction to, at least from a distance anyway, we'll get to the Canucks GM situation, but any any surprise to this? Any any reaction to the Canadians hiring Kent Hughes? I think what I was surprised about was that they didn't just circle back to kind of one of the regular names that we cycle through, which I think is great. I think, you know, the last the last time I can think of a team hiring an agent to become a GM was the Canucks hiring Mike Gillis. And, you know, barring the fact that we, we lost in 2011, I think overall the Gillis experiment worked out really well for the Canucks. Um, and it's, I think it's always a good idea to hire somebody who hasn't done this before, but has been in the game and has the experience and, you know, for the Canucks, when they hired Gillis, I think it was the period of time where most players thought that the organization was really a first-class organization, because I think player agents come from a background where they care about their clients. And so that was the time where the Canucks had the most advanced science. They were, you know, they were hiring Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss analytics guys they were hiring sleep consultants like they were doing all kinds of things to try to get a leg up for the players mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be a pretty interesting thing to see what what kent hughes does with that mm -hmm. yeah i think uh, you'd go oh. no you go ahead um yeah I, I think it's i think it'll be interesting to see as, as far as the fact that he's going in as an agent and how that's going to work as far as like you know, the, the nitty gritty of general manager works like trades and signings and stuff. I think signings might go pretty well. Um, maybe, I don't, I don't know, but I, I think, I think to Sam's point, considering the fact that he is a player's GM, I think he knows what, you know, what players will be looking at, you know, based on, you know, players in particular age groups, um, points in their points in their, um, in their careers and maybe what they aspire to, what they think they are. I think so. I think the Habs will be will have benefit in that sense, considering the fact that, and this is something that I didn't know until Julian told me today, that ha the Habs are technically a, a cap team, which 
is this really funny? <laughs> um, but uh, I think yeah, I'm they chase meant to win. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm kind of <laughs> interested to see how I'm kind of interested to see how how actually like actual trades kind of go. Um, because you know, their signings is one thing, but like you know, coming in as an agent, kind of seeing, you know, like how are you moving, moving bodies, picks, all that type of stuff. And obviously he won't be doing it on his own. Like, you know, having Jeff Gordon, there is going to be uh, going to be key as well. And, and I'm sure he'll have his hands around, um, you know, actual player trans- transactions. But, you know, I think having, I think breaking the cycle of the same people being hired as Sam brought up, I think is pretty cool. And Rahaf, what about you? I was just going to say the same thing that uh, Sam said, just, I think it's exciting to see a team do something different and not rely on the same, you know, five guys that we seem to cycle through for the GM position. And also we do the same thing for coaching. So I think it's just exciting. And I hope that this, I don't know, sparks more change in the NHL and hopefully we can get, you know, some women in here as well. That was the next thing I wanted to bring up. I had another question I'll get to, but like, I, Okay, cool. They they hired Kent Hughes. They hired a guy who's different, but they also hired a different type of hockey man, a guy who has been in the league and has clients. Like we, we heard names like Daniel Sauvageau and, and Emily Castonguay propped up at the beginning of this process. I'm still waiting to hear if they're going to be part of the organization or not, because it's been mentioned from different people that, well, okay, they'll go through the interviews, but it's possible that some people who are interviewed for the job may get other jobs in the organization. Does that mean they're going to hire some of those other candidates who are among the first few to be interviewed to be an AGM or a director of player personnel? I think that's still very much possible. So yeah, I, I still, there's still hope. I don't, I don't have any insight on that, but maybe we get a prominent, uh, a, pro, a female in a prominent hockey position with the Montreal Canadiens or someone different that we didn't expect. It's just that it probably won't be Matthew Darsh, who will probably stay in Tampa or see if Anaheim calls him. It probably won't be Daniel Briere, who's going to just chill in the ECHL, but maybe there's another job in his future. Or, hey, maybe he could be an AGM if he so chooses. But I'd like to still kind of let them – I would still like to see the Canadians, you know, extend a hand out to Daniel Sauvage or, or or someone else very different that we didn't think of for the AGM role. But speaking of GM – I know you guys are not in the Montreal market, but I know you guys have seen how bad they are enough. If you were Kent Hughes, if you were the Canadian GM, I'll start with you, Omar. What's the first move you're doing? Uh, you got to decide what the plan is. Like, are you taking this year as a write-off and we're going to actually going to try to get back into a playoff position next year? Or are we, are we going to tear it down, rebuild, start off with your, with your core of Suzuki and Caulfield and, um, you know, and, and Kaden Gooley and, and such, like, are you going to rebuild or are you going to try to win, go for it? And I think that's something that, and I think that the Habs are in an interesting position now, considering where some of their contracts are, where they can really start to make some of those decisions. You know, like you have Arteri Lekkinen, who I think is an RFA of this year. And I think he's been linked to some trades already. With the um, Rangers, actually, one team. Oh, that's okay. one team so I can think of. Yeah, there's that. Right. But at the same time, you also have players who are just been recently extended and, you know, like Jake Evans. And I think Yol Armia got extended as well. Um, Jeff yeah. Petrie, that contract's not looking good at all. Yeah, Jeff Preachy got extended. Brennan Gallagher got extended as well. You know, Carey Price is still, is still around and, you know, we don't know what the, what the uh, timeline is on that's going to be. So I think you just need to make a, like an honest and like honest thing. Like, are we going to try to, you know, do something with this group and succeed or are we just going to start over make a new core because they're in a good position to get the first overall pick. And if you make the decision of tearing it down and you start moving some assets, 
you can walk into that draft that's in Montreal and get like you walk in there with like three first round picks, a bunch of seconds, a lot of young talent. Say, hey, we're gonna suck for. And Jeff Gordon knows he did it with the Rangers. You put out a he letter, did. hey, we're gonna suck for two years, but you know what? We're gonna grow our core, and then we'll try to win later on. So I think you just need to decide what the direction is going to be. Yeah, I think you put that pretty perfectly. Unless there was anything else Rahef or Sam wanted to add, but yeah, you pretty much put that. You need they need a direction. They need to figure out what they're doing. If if it's to reset, if it's to rebuild, at least give the fans something because I'm sure a lot of them want to know what's going on. Uh, the Canucks also don't have a GM. Uh, Sam, what's the vibe like in Vancouver with that? Like, are are people waiting on pins and needles for that? Are people anxious about that? Not really. I think. I mean, there's still some discussion about it, but I think most people just assume Rutherford's making all the decisions anyway, and it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. I think obviously winning seven in a row helped kind of take the pressure off, notwithstanding that they've since lost like five games other than beating the Capitals yesterday. Um, But I think, I I think much like the Habs, it's still clear that there is, we don't know what the plan is yet, but on the bright side, at least Rutherford's acknowledged that he needs some time to figure out what the plan is. Like he came in and he said, you know, this roster is not great. Like there's a lot of room for improvement and I'm going to need some time to assess what, what the team looks like and what we need to do to improve it. And when I figure that out, I'll let you know. And so I guess we're, we're waiting for the plan, but at least we know that there's going to be one and it's not just day to day. Yeah, you know what's kind of funny? Now, like, I'm thinking about it. Like, that's the most, like, reasoned, level-headed take I've heard about the Canucks in a while. Like, it's just, I almost kind of miss Jim Benning and the chaos that came with it. It's weird. I don't miss it. <laughs> that's 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 very <laughs> fair. I mean that from a content perspective. I'm being selfish. Um, We can move on to our final thing we want to talk about on Zone Time. Uh, NHL records. Some of them are made to be broken. Some of them aren't made to be broken. I think Keith Yandel's not too far from the Ironman streak of consecutive games played. Uh, Timo Meyer scored uh, five goals the other day and was very close to the all-time record of seven set by Joe Malone in 1920. That's like almost a hundred, that's like a hundred years. I, that's insane. But so I thought like, what if we talk about records that are supposedly, you know, made to never be broken but we would still like love to see like challenged or at least like broken. Like obviously we're, we're rooting for Alexander Ovechkin to break Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record. But is there any record out there that you'd like to see broken that so many people think like, Oh man, it's never going to be broken. Like someone's got to break it. I think the, um, the goal, like most goals in a game by Joe Malone, the seven goal record. Yeah. I think that would be so fun and so exciting to see broken i mean was patrick line the player who scored six in a in a game a couple years ago was it against oh oh, i think it was five against the panthers in finland and then he just like oh was it i think so oh my god yeah i wonder if there's someone who scored six recently i I have Uh, some i might might be wrong didn't sam gagne score six goals did i make that up Oh no, I think God. Sam Gagne had like eight points. Eight points. I think in like okay. when he was at Edmonton. Well, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it was Line. Like I'm just trying to think now. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I think it would just be so exciting and such a fun like story for the NHL. Um, 
And I don't believe people who say like, oh, you know, the most exciting games are those 2-1 gritty, um, you know, slog hockey games. No, I want to see, I want to see someone score seven goals in a game. And I, I want to, when, can we get a, like a 10-9 game in the NHL? Can we get like an explosion like of goals? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think it would be really fun. And that's something I would, I would love to see broken. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of if anyone ever scored six in a game, and I think you have to go all the way back to like the 70s. Like, there's a handful of people who've scored six. It's uh, most recent was a uh, Daryl Sittler, who uh, also has a record that <laughs> may or may not be broken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, the most, most recent one, uh, from 1976. Uh, that may or may not be the game I don't know offhand. Where, yeah, it is the game where he got 10 points in a game. That's also a record, uh, that some people. Uh, feel may never be broken. I'd like to see that one challenge. That's my submission. I'd like to see a player go off and, and just basically do everything for a team and just flat out embarrass the opposition, even if it comes against the team like the Arizona Coyotes or the Montreal Canadiens. Have them win like 11-2 or something. Because at that point, if the player is dominating, we're not watching it for like, oh, you know, we want a good hockey game we played. We want to see the player dominate and and go for that record. Like just because a score will be lopsided like that does not mean there isn't a story to be told. And people will tune in if a record is being close to being broken. Like that's that's easy. So I would like someone to get like 11 points in an NHL game. It doesn't have to be Ovechkin. It doesn't have to be Patrick Lyman. For all we know, like we could just wake up one day and like Sean Couturier gets like 11 points in like a flyers win or something that would be like, the, maybe that's not the most random player, especially his style of play. Like that'd be a little surprising, but like, I would love to see it. Omar, what uh, record would you like to see broken? Um, I have two. Yes. will never be touched. One Gretzky's 50 goals in 39 games. No way. Mm. No one's touching that. Absolutely not. Like someone has to break it. No I need way. someone to Come break it. Come on. That. No way. There is there's no there are some people who can't even get 50 goals in a season. I feel like no. Connor McDavid would have been the closest one, but you know, the team. No way. It. Maybe 50 points, 50 points in 39 games, maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, actually, I, I think I'd even I don't know. But like, yeah, 50 goals in 39 games, probably not. Here's another one. Uh Henri Richard, 11 Stanley Cups as a player. That's not happening. <laughs> Yeah, like right now I, we look I, at I, now. No, yeah, that's no not way. that's not happening. We, we look at Patrick Maroon who has three, and we're like, oh my god, that's so much. Whoa. Some player gets one. <laughs> oh my god, right? Like eleven? No way, no way. So those are two. Gretzky's 50, 15, 39, and Henri Richard getting eleven, um, eleven Stanley Cups as a player. Those are two that will never be touched. But you'd like to see them broken, or are you just going to be like, no one's going to touch them forever? I mean, 50 and 39 would be sick. Like, I would I would follow that. Even if it was a player on, like, a team I didn't even watch, like, I would follow that. Like, if it's, like, 30 goal, like thirty games in and a player has, like, 25 goals, like, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, okay, maybe I should have said more, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that would – Yeah, I would, like, like 45, 35 or yeah, something. I would go out of my way to watch, like, to watch that player and see, like, holy, like, can they actually do it? Kind of the same thing we're doing with Ovechkin, but – yeah, that's, Could that, it, that's imagine hard. if it was Austin Matthews who was doing that as great <laughs> of a goal scorer as he is. Like, that would be insane. Yo, that would make up for a lot. It would be that'd make up for a lot, man. That would make up for a lot. It. Yes. Oh my yes. god. Yes, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Don't put that in the universe. If you want to throw game seven at me, Austin Matthews scored 50 goals in 39 games. Oh, but he can't win. Austin Matthews scored 33 uh, 50 goals in 39 games. That's that's one thing. 
that may help but that would be sick like that would come on that's that would be disgusting in today's day and age that that would be that would that would that would help that would help a lot that would that would ignore some, some of the things if, if it was michael bunting doing that i think omar would spontaneously combust. Yo, li- listen okay listen all right y'all called me a madman for for loving michael james bunting okay Michael right, here James we go, Bunting guys. scored another goal. Sorry, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying he scored another goal, you know? So that's all I'm saying, you know? Calder. Anyway. I would want this to happen just so I could watch Omar's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> like we do a zone time episode. It's like Austin Matthews is two goals away from 50 and 39. How do you feel? <laughs> I'm like screaming. Just scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hef and I would be going nuts. <laughs> just holding up the stat look at the numbers you see 48 i get that tattooed <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sam do you have a record you'd like to see broken i actually just saw this on twitter like this morning um i think it's from at riot survivor and the record it's not nearly as exciting as any of the other records you guys have mentioned but fair glenn hall has played 502 consecutive games as a goalie. Yeah, I, don't, I saw I that don't this morning know. too. That's insane. Yeah, yeah I don't know that anyone's ever going to do that again. No like, way. Nope. No nope. way. No way. That's nope. insane. 502 consecutive starts. And that was <laughs> yeah. back in the days when you would see players like go out and like smoke cigarettes after the game and chain smoke. Yo, man. <laughs> they didn't know anything about conditioning back then. I don't think anyone, I don't think any goalie is even going to play 82 consecutive games ever. No, absolutely not. Yo, you, you want to talk about a coach who doesn't believe in their backup? <laughs> it's like, hey, keep going, keep going. It's been a, 40 games. Nope. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You're, you're, our, you're our only hope. Keep going. Your hamstring, your hamstring is messed up. <laughs> nah, you better get your ass in the net. Oh my God. That's, in, that's, in, that's wild. That is real. I funny enough, I was I was like looking up different stats to to throw up as, as potential examples, and I saw that like 502 consecutive starts. Like we were celebrating Mark Andre Fleury for getting 500 500 wins, like yeah. 502 starts. Like that's crazy. No, crazy. There's no way. Yeah. There's absolutely no way. His, okay, his, I, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say here's another one that's never gonna be broken, and I don't want to see it broken. I think if okay. it's broken, that's probably bad. But it's the most penalty minutes in a game record by set by Randy Holt. Um, oh. I think okay, let me pull it up. I think the number is 67 huh. penalty minutes, and I think to get that many that many penalty damn, minutes you pissed, in damn, a game Omar in today's NHL, you need to commit on ice murder. Like you need to actually kill someone, I think. Sixty-seven, of course. <laughs> of course, of course, of course, of course. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, okay. I understand. Why, I understand why Omar got up and left. I understand. But once again, you have found a way to make this about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Congratulations. I, I, I have, I have found a way. J- Julian, Julian, Julian McKenzie. Rahef. That Sam. is my name. Actually, I don't have to, I don't have to say it to Sam. Uh, to, to Rahef, Rahef understands this. So, the Dallas Cowboys football, they they okay. lost their playoff series. And you know what yes, I was yes, seeing? They... You know what I was seeing all over all yes. over Twitter that the yes. Dallas Cowboys are the Toronto Maple Leafs of football. <laughs> I see the comparison. So, yeah. So, so <laughs> it's it's not it's not me. 
Julian. It's not Rehef, Julian. It's it's the universe, Julian. It's the world, Julian. That 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 likes to do things, Julian. That that re- resonate, Julian, back to the say my name, the, say the, my the, name. The, the dark history, Julian. That is being a Leafs fan, Julian. And wh- there is, you know what? There are moments, Julian, where I wish that you can just like hop into like either me or Rahef's mind, Julian, so you can understand. Julian, you can understand that when you're watching a game, Julian, and the team is up 3-1, <laughs> there's no safety. There's no safety. We all we will watch it. Rahef, you know what I'm talking about. What happened? St. Louis, they're up 3-1. What happens? A couple days ago. What happened? That happened a few days ago. What? Uh, yeah. Days and, what, ago. and what happened? It took Ilya Mikheyev to use a Jedi mind trick on Jordan Bennington for us to win the game. Julian. So I'm sorry, Julian. If I'm just going to go get a drink. I'll be back. Solace, Julian. <laughs> in Leaf stuff. Julian. Anyway. Uh, I just yeah, I needed to. I just needed, needed to. I needed to get. Are you done? Are you good? Are you all right? Yeah, that's good. That's great. You um, at the so beginning six, of the episode, yeah. I, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, 67? yeah. So, so, mm-hmm. so sixty-seven penalty minutes. Uh, who was that by? Randy Holt. Uh, Randy Holt. Jeez, I wonder yeah. how much, I wonder how many is it? Is that like six fights or? <laughs> Imagine there uh, are spiders. Okay, it's. Uh, it that, says, it's a triple game misconduct, apparently, misconduct. that was yeah. in that. Yes. Yeah. Which is why I say, like, that's never getting repeated. Like, you would have to actually physically kill maybe more than one person for that to be awarded. So it would be Tom Wilson, be right? That's the first <laughs> like, name I think. Yeah. I mean, if we're picking, like, likely candidates, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Randy Holt would, we'd have to get, like, Rangers Capitals Part Two. Like, yeah, like we'd have to get something like that along those lines. And the Rangers will hopefully have booked up by then as they try to do in the offseason to fight off Tom Wilson, who will somehow escape suspension despite getting 70 penalty minutes in that ordeal. Because that, if that's a man who can't get, I mean, that's not completely true, but if that's a man who could avoid significant suspension sometimes, that man, Tom Wilson, absolutely. Oh. Maybe not completely true, but you know, just for the sake of the joke, just go with it. Okay, I think we've done enough. I think we've torched the hockey world enough for this week's edition of Zone Time. Uh, don't get pissy this week, people. Subscribe <laughs> to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube page for uh, Yahoo Sports NHL. And uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Maybe the Oilers will do something stupid. Maybe the Canadians will do something stupid. Don't Maybe do someone else. We'll do something stupid or maybe we'll talk about uh, players being, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll, there's so many possibilities. Someone will do something stupid. Someone will do something stupid or maybe a fan. I mean, we all saw what happened with Kodak Black last week. <laughs> tune, in, tune in next week, people. <laughs>
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.